Hi there, it's Elspeth Jackman here again. And I have a rather special one-to-one, hope you don't mind, because, oh really, I didn't want to talk about all the burdensome subjects of the day. You know, the gas price rocketing, firms going out of business, the recent lack of petrol, uh, people sitting on motorways in aid of uh, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to tell you some of my delights of the past that I'd like to share again. Now, back in the early 90s, our family, that's my husband, daughter Sarah and myself and the dog Jenny, with a G, discovered the experience of a holiday on the canals. Oh, you might say, a bit slow and boring, don't you think? Having been on several, we found that it was not the relaxing time-waster non-boaters decry. All sorts of things could happen to cause mayhem, like going under a bridge, having forgotten that the little rowing boat we towed still had its mast up. And what should we do about the little white dog that was stuck at the bottom of the lock? <gasps> and, oh dear, we've gone aground. Yes, at times we were moving along through local country. There was a stop for the park attractions at Casbury Park and the rather shallow water near Hemel. But I'll tell the story of our holidays in our own boat, the Charlotte Rose and the Grand Union Canal. We had a couple of wonderful holidays before this with some of our daughter's friends until, and I remember the moment as it was just before David and I went to sleep at home in bed, David suggested that we buy our own boat. Our own boat? Ooh, that was a big step forward. But David was confident, and I was excited. So that was the start of our adventures on the Charlotte Rose. I suppose we could have known that our boating days were going to be eventful, by the first inspection of our boat, and that long before we'd bought her. Elspeth! The call had an imperative ring. My husband was in the act of peering down below the cockpit when he saw, peering up at him, feathers firmly plumped down in a bucket, a duck. Then with one squawk, a rustle and a splash later, (laughs) and we were both gazing down, at ten blue eggs. As the week passed and negotiations for our 26-foot ball and cruiser continued, the duck report was favourable. Our persistent visitor even managed to hatch those eggs. It was August, however, when the day arrived for the three of us, skipper, first mate, and our ten-year-old general dog's body, or mutineer, whichever she felt like. <laughs> She'd handed us badges to label us when we three set off from Brawston Marina to bring our boat home to Carrest. I'd never been on an open-ended holiday before and came equipped with a few phone numbers in case I couldn't teach that piano people on Friday or do the stewarding at church on Sunday. Well, you never know what might happen. I suppose one has to start somewhere, but L-plates aren't yet in fashion on boats. We'd had a holiday on the Norfolk Broads and at Easter on the Thames, but never, dare I confess it, we'd never actually worked a lock 
by ourselves. We were sure it was right to buy a boat, because both our two previous holidays were extremely wet and freezing cold, and we still loved the life. Happily bringing our boat home, we needed, because of the boat, not hot water bottles, because of the cold. So the novice captain and crew of the Charlotte Rose managed to manoeuvre out of the safety of the marina and straight back into six locks and the Bronson Tunnel. We're very grateful to the Black Pig for helping us through that. Is that set of locks particularly oily, or were the state of my hands due to the fumblings of a beginner? Hooray for the magical green liquid, it even gets even oil off our clothes. Oh, but the tunnel. We were assured we could pass another vessel. Could we? I hovered with the pole, trying to fend off, for helping at such a slow rate was not easy. And daughter Sarah kept trying to adjust the lamps through the hatch to David's satisfaction. I feared meeting other boats. But we did meet two other craft, and amazingly, without crashing into them. Do I understand that legging went out in the last century? <laughs> After the pressure of getting through the tunnel at Braunston, we decided that our first day's work was over. And what a delight it was to moor up to Norton Junction, which we renamed Watership Down, as several brown rabbits happily munched amongst the nettles on the bank, while we munched our spaghetti bolognese in the cabin. Sarah even managed to capture one brown rabbit on her camera. One thing we noticed, that 99% of the boats seemed to have a dog on board. We too had ours, a lovable crossbreed with RSPCA history and one blind eye. I think she tolerated our journeying rather than loving it, except at night, because then she was allowed the ultimate luxury of sleeping in our beds. For exercise, when we'd moored up for the night, we used to run her between us on the towpath. Oh yes, later in the week she actually slipped into the water off a narrow towpath in the tring cutting and scrabbled frantically to get out. So this is a resolve for the future. Always keep extra towels for emergencies. To continue our journey, Buckbillocks were a happy experience in company with another family. This is a plus of a canal holiday that you don't know until you've tried it. Most times you'll be locking up with another crew, and as you're waiting for the water to sink down or rise up and spending a long time winding the mechanism, you enjoy each other's company, and fellow boaters are always chatty. At Buckbillocks we had to remember to get Sarah back on our boat in the end, as she'd palled up with the daughter of the other boat, the shy talk. After lunch, two hours of pleasant sights and no locks, and so hot that David even condescended to wear Sarah's black peaked cap, which I thought very ugly, though I borrowed it as well, had <laughs> to eat my words. Ah, the next consideration, the need for Elsan disposal was now urgent. David really had done his homework, and we knew, no, we knew that at Gayton Junction we could empty our little suitcase. 
However, but for a friendly family who also gave us a free ticket for Stoke Bruin Museum, <laughs> we would have been at a loss and in a mess. No one told us we needed a key. Of course, now we are in the proud possession of the key to all the Elsans and toilets on the waterways in England. But you can be very confident in hindsight. Mooring up at Blissworth, let's get it right, Blissworth for the night was blissful. Yes, we have fond memories of green cut edges, chopped casserole and red wine, and an air show which included a hot air balloon and microlite. Yes, and of course, the usual ducks. Next time I must double my bread supply. And now to Billsworth Tunnels. We were experienced at tunnels, so we thought. Blissworth, we were assured, was an excellent example. However, we were still glad to see that the arch of dappled sunlight and trees moved nearer and nearer. On to the famed Stoke Bruin, which indeed had festive atmosphere. We planned to come down the locks, then walk back and enjoy the museum and a break. Happily again we fell in with experienced crew of Apollyon and moved fast through those locks before collecting our souvenirs, including one of Sarah's teeth, which chose Stoke Bruin to pop out. <laughs> Cosgrove was another memorable mooring. None of the literature mentions its beautiful bridge or golden stone. We reveled in it, and also in the kindness of the shop owners, who gave me newspaper to wrap round the ice creams to take back to the boat in the overpowering heat. Next day, my thoughts were with Elsan again, and while locking up at Cosgrove, a friendly Speedwell skipper kindly lent me a key to the local ensign. I forgot what happened to the last one. This was a wonderful possession. You might have thought I was absconded with a suitcase or a stolen banknotes the way I winged it to the small room and tore back to where they had just finished locking. Is it any wonder that I was about three pounds lighter when I returned home? Having faced locks, tunnels, we now had an aqueduct. Granted, a little one, but nevertheless, a step off to sheer drop. So we set off in the drizzle to discover this aqueduct on foot first. It would be in the middle of the aqueduct itself that the big black umbrella in Sarah's hands managed to turn itself inside out. <laughs> However, Sarah did not rise up into the air like Mary Poppins, though she did discover a small frog underfoot. We'd done our homework, so our next planned stop was the renovated manorial village of Great Linford in the outer area of Milford Keynes. There it was. <gasps> I, inviting greens for Jenny to run on, the church emerging from the trees, so in happy anticipation we moored up for lunch and for the night. Well, some things don't quite line up to expectations. Our prowl around the historic church proved that no visitor could get in. 
and I'll stroll up to the art centre for a cuppa and maybe an exhibition to enjoy view was pointless as the place was deserted. Next, we decided to amble into the village with the showpiece solar-powered dwellings surrounding the cricket match in action. But where were the children? Where were the people? I felt a bit like Hamlin, where the Pied Piper had whisked all young life away. I'm sure it's lovely, but we decided not to stay the night there and went on to have a gorgeous afternoon with the waterside view of Milton Keynes, gracious and well-kept. Sarah determined the exact site of our next mooring. This was at Fenny Stratford. We happened to moor up exactly opposite the kind-hearted owners of Fenny Duck, who cared for all the wild fowl within reach, feeding them with loaves of bread and buckets of seed. It was so popular that we wondered if the quacking would stop for the night. Thankfully, it did. However, another set of noises kept me awake from 11.30 to 4.30. I'm sure it's lovely, but we decided not to stay for the night there and went on to have a gorgeous afternoon with a waterside view of Milton Keynes, gracious and well-kept. Sarah was uh, determined the exact site of our next mooring. This was at Fenny Stratford. We happened to moor up exactly opposite the kind-hearted owners of Fennyduct, who cared for all the wild fowl within reach, feeding them with loaves of bread and buckets of seed. It was so popular that we wondered if the quacking would stop for the night. Thankfully it did. However, another set of noises kept me awake from 11.30 to 4.30. We lay under the most powerful thunderstorm I've ever experienced. Awesome to behold it was, and the dear Charlotte Rose proved her worth. She did not leak. Next day, we had a swing bridge to push back and a nice little lock to complete, which we did all by ourselves. Somehow, though, turning the handle seemed to get tougher from this point on, especially at the Solbury Triple Locks, where beer-sipping gangooslers stared in awe at our difficulties. Sunday evening moored up near the Pretty Globe Inn brought two new experiences. The wonder of a nine-pound carp being played and brought in, and then thrown back, no doubt with a headache. And also a wren I heard and actually spotted. The names of some other craft took our fancy. What do you think of Bodge Now and Narrow Escape? It was actually quite a clever one. When Sarah was with friends for a couple of nights, I remember that David and I, on the spur of the moment, just decided to go and stay on the boat. Yes, it was an escape. Don't people make a difference? Monday was a bit of a struggle as we just missed our chance of locking up with another family. But by 4pm we were locking up with two super families aboard the Pied Wagtail who with their lengthy narrow boat, two couples, five lively helpful youngsters and a dog called Benji took us all along with them for the next two days. It only remained to revel in the sapphire blue dragonflies and the numerous herons from the Wendover arm, and back to base at Cowroast. 
In fact, for the last mile or so, one heron kept alighting on our boat and then taking off again, as it were, leading the Charlotte Rose back home. And that's the story of husband David, daughter Sarah and myself quite a long time ago on our maiden voyage voyage (laughs) on our own cruiser the Charlotte Rose next week I'll be back to Karen things but I thought it'd be just nice to have a break thank you for listening bye you know my thoughts my every move and still your love to be beside